0: You didn't. Uh,
1: yep. I thought you learned your lesson. I guess not. Dad, the vultures are back. Okay, kids, you know the drill. Windows up. Gone too far looking for a good deal on gas? Try Price Match, only from BP Me Rewards at participating BP and Amico stations. Learn more at bp.com slash bestprice.
2: Hey guys, if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talko Supremo. Hey John, can you please, please, please cover the Wolf family murders for me? This happened three miles away from where my husband grew up and where I live now. Okay, Amy, I gotcha. Amy. I was just about to request the Wolf family murders. We grew up going to the cemetery, and the old farm is so, so creepy. Please cover this one, John. Your biggest fan, Kat. All right, here we go, guys. Wait, wait, wait. Did you hear that? What? All right, that's a cover from Shoba Music. You can find that song there on YouTube. That is Duran Duran, Hungry Like the Wolf, one of my all-time favorite songs there. And I'm ready to get started, so let's get this thing going.
1: We're back! How have you guys been? I like literally haven't seen you all week.
0: I know Jen, the only time we were ships passing the morning that I was trying to go get our newspaper article and
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Time. If you guys haven't heard or seen the Charleston City Paper did a feature on local podcast podcasters and we were one of the podcasts featured in the article. So that was really cool.
0: Our picture is amazing. Thank you, Ruta, our photographer, and Sam, who is the editor of the paper, who interviewed us and included us in this piece. Uh, we're super flattered to have been included in in any sort of publication, and that was really the just a really cool moment for us, yeah. where we still feel like a small time podcast, and that was like our first publication to celebrate so go to charlestoncitypaper.com if you want to check out the article it's right on the front page I had a lot of fun driving around early in the morning to go get the paper how many places did
1: you have to go to to get them
0: well there were a couple that said that they had the paper but apparently didn't and uh, like Harris Teeter said that didn't say that they had it but I went anyway because I could have sworn that I had seen the Charleston City paper there and then I went to Tazi because they said that they had the paper there and they were open. So I was like, great, if it's inside, I can still go. Nope, didn't have it. So I was like, all right, I guess I gotta order a coffee because I felt really bad walking in, like, looking around. Um, and then I had seen it when I was driving um to the Whole Foods. I saw I saw like a newspaper stand outside the Mose, even mm-hmm. though I knew Mo's wasn't open. So I was like, All right, worst case scenarios, I'll go there afterwards. So after I went to Whole Foods, I went to Mo's. So the whole ordeal took about an hour. <laughs> And so I ran as soon as I grabbed them, I like threw them on the kitchen. Grabbed two to take with me to work, threw on my makeup, and headed off.
1: Um. All right. Well, I do want to shout out our newest Taco Supremos. And small Tacos, tacos, tacos. All right. So welcome to Abby from hey, Iowa. Abby. Abby. Heidi from Colorado. Heidi. Heidi. And Becky from. Pennsylvania. <gasps> hey, everyone. Becky. Welcome. Thanks, guys, for joining our community. We really appreciate your support and couldn't do what we do without you.
0: I know. I mean, super sweet. I know that um, you guys have really shown a lot of support from us when that article came out. And, like, it felt like our fans were proud of us. Yeah. That was such a good feeling. Yeah. I want to make you guys proud. As proud as I can yeah. be while having... <laughs> a lot of tequila in this cocktail you guys are
2: like our parents you know we come they home are and uh we cut out the they are? the uh article and post it on the fridge
0: we love our fans uh so please reach out to us i mean i think a lot of people are surprised that we actually respond we love having con- conversations yes. with people so email john J O N at talkmurder.com if you want to request a story or just message us on facebook or instagram we'll respond we're not good on the Twitter, so probably don't reach out to us there. Um, but one of our other Taco Supremos, Chuck, who you guys all know, we did a story, his story, um, at his request about his brother. Um, and he said to us the other day, John, Nicole, and Jen, do you have any idea how much you are a part of my daily life? Ha ha, I talk about you all in this podcast on a daily basis. Keep it up, you're going to be big, parentheses, grr. Um, and uh, so we were going back and forth, and I just think it just means so much to hear our fans support us. So thank yeah. you guys. And our hint tonight was a wolf in sheep's clothing? No, it was a wolf no. in the chicken
2: coop. Oh. It's a wolf in the chicken coop.
0: Maybe someone had sent a drink that was like a wolf in sheep's clothing. I had and maybe,
2: spared you guys the emojis, yes, too.
0: Someone else did sent us a drink that was called a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I, did they really? Used. Yes. But anyway, so, the, yeah, so there was a drink that um, I believe Megan suggested that we um, oh, find. But like, it had, like, a very weird, unique ingredient that was, like, a black color, which looked cool, but short notice, couldn't make it to the liquor store in time. But I like this
1: drink. This Tell jalapeno? us about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's good. Is there a jalapeno in there? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is called the Big Bad Wolf. It is my favorite, tequila, mm-hmm. with muddled jalapeno.
2: With mm-hmm. what jalapeno? Muddled. Muddled? hmm What does that mean? Like squished. Oh.
1: Like you take a, you know.
2: A what? <laughs> <laughs> a what? I don't know.
0: A mortar and <laughs> pestle, which we don't have.
1: But so we use spoons. <laughs> And added some sugar to it because we didn't have simple syrup and um, fresh squeezed orange juice and lime juice. Mm. We did add more tequila, er, more orange juice than the recipe called for, but I think it was necessary. Yeah, because I'm an adult now and I can't drink tequila on a weeknight anymore. Bell! I know. Surprise shots! Surprise shots! We don't know what they are, because they're a surprise. <sniffs> I don't know if I'm going to like this drink. I was going to pick the surprise shot tonight, but I told John to. Spoiler alert, if it was me, it was just going to be more
2: tequila. Well, since it's me, you know it's going to be awesome. All right, cheers.
0: Cheers. Cheers.
2: Ugh. Ugh. Oh, it was more tequila. You're welcome, Jen. ha Ew. as burning going down my esophagus
1: ooh that was good
2: uh, tomorrow is national taco day so I thought I would get us some tequila in this motherfucker
0: um was that the not the that was not the Jose Cuervo bottle no that was the one that Jess got
2: for me mm-hmm. I think tonight we are drinking Jose Cuervo Especial silver tequila blue agave Unlike most of Jose Cuervo's tequilas, Especial Silver Blue Agave remains unaged and contains at least 51% agave. The epitome of smoothness. Epitome. Huh? Epitome.
1: Epitome. Epitome. Nope.
2: Nope.
1: What?
2: Epitome. Epitome. No. Yes. E-P-I-T-O-M-E. Yes. Yes. Epitome. Oh, fuck, really? Yes. (laughs) Yes. What does that even mean? <laughs>
1: like the, the peak, the high point, oh, the, the essentialness. Yeah. Are you sure it's not Yes. yes. You right. will.
2: Yeah. The epitome of smoothness. Jose Cuervo Especial Silver Tequila is a treat for the discriminating customer. An authentic silver tequila, Especial Silver is masterfully balanced to bring out its caramel, agave, and herbal tones.
1: Herbal. herbal. <laughs>
2: Shit. All right. So the hint tonight, I'm and I'm going to put a poll up on Facebook too to see how well the hint is. Because a lot of people what do guess. You mean it.
1: how well? Like, how good I mean, the hint once, is. Yeah,
2: how good the hint is. Because English 101
1: give, with John.
2: <laughs> I don't want to give the story away with a hint. The hint tonight was a wolf in the chicken coop. Wah, 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 wah. Wait, that is not a chicken. <laughs> Um,
1: okay. Can I guess? Uh, yeah, if you want. All right. So my guess is that something similar to a Ted Bundy situation where a killer goes into a sorority house or somewhere with young girls and picks them off that way. Because, like, when you think of a wolf going into a chicken coop, it's like oh, a predator. so,
2: like, Fred or uh, Dur- Well, I say Fred Durst. I don't know. <laughs> we <laughs> talked Ted, about
1: him last time.
2: <laughs> Ted Bundy is the wolf. Like, t-
1: like, yeah, so, like, a, pr- a predator going into, like, a hen house. I think um,
0: this is a cultish story. Ooh. And I think there is a cult-esque leader who is... Um, It's like a kind of like a female targeted cult where Mm. you know there's like some sexualness to him, or he's like Mm -hmm. the leader, or whatever, like the Rajneeshis. Yeah, 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 and they are there to serve him, and it turns deadly. Interesting. And I think we're going to New York. All right, so Jenna, so our Taco Supremos uh, get the hints at the same time that we do, so they're guessing at the same time Jenna and I are guessing at for the first time and giving us drink suggestions. So Jenna thinks we're going to California and the killer takes his victims to his house to sell them farm fresh eggs, but he keeps them in a cage before cutting off their heads. Oddly specific Jenna, but we love it. Rebecca thinks we're going to Northern California. Wow. Lots of California guesses. And the kids are kidnapped and hid in a chicken coop. Abby thinks that there's some kind of situation where people are locked or kept in a room and the, quote, wolf kills everyone. Um, and then Abby Looks also... Like what I said. And then Abby also adds somewhere in the Midwest, maybe Ohio.
2: All right, so this story tonight is actually a request from uh, two people. Ooh. Interesting. The people have spoken.
0: Ooh. Is this the first time that you've gotten a...
2: Someone a double request? a dubs request. Yeah, request on the dubs. Yeah. Well, actually, it wasn't uh, requested by two. It was Amy requested the story initially, and she says this is three miles away from where my husband grew up and where I live now. Oh, huh. all right. And then also, Cat also requested this. She said, "Amy, I was about to finally request." This murder as well. Hmm. We grew up going to the cemetery and visited hmm. the grave. All right. Tonight, we are going to, quote, the least visited state in America. <laughs> so, Nicole, huh. our third place geography bi I'm going to give you some facts about this mystery Ooh, state. Okay, cool. The least visited state in America, and you're going to try to guess. Awesome. At 3.2%, this state has the lowest unemployment rate in the United States. This state is the 19th largest state in the United States. However, it is the third least populous and the fourth least densely populated state in the United States. Less than 1% of this state is forest, the smallest amount of any state. Hmm.
0: My guess is North Dakota.
2: Yes, it's in North Dakota. So, tonight we are uh, going to uh, Turtle Lake, North Dakota. And I like turtles. What? <laughs> we are doing... You uh, such
0: a good impression
2: of it. Thank you. So, we are covering a story from the 1920s. Ooh.
1: Yeah. All right. Guys, I want to do something Gatsby for New Year's.
2: Okay. Okay, let's get on with it. Anyway... <laughs> The murder tonight occurs in the town of Turtle Lake, North Dakota. Now, this is considered a mystery in most senses and a haunted and it has a haunted aspect with it. Ooh. So this is from the Stats Einziger, which is a newspaper. And I'm gonna talk about why a lot of the story has to come from translated German. So that's why the name is Hmm. the Zigger or whatever. Cool. This is from May 4th, 1920. Quote. Okay,
0: I have had a lot of my drink in
1: comparison to you guys.
2: I literally have not had a sip. Eight days ago, John Kraft and his wife drove their auto to the yard of the wolf farm. We're talking about the mass murder of the wolf family. Wolf, W O. L F but I've I've seen it pronounced I've seen it spelled several different ways. In fact, I've seen it in one newspaper spelled it two different ways W O L F E and W O L F F. Eight days ago John Kraft and his wife drove their auto to the yard at the Wolf Farm and found it deathly quiet. When Mr Kraft sounded the car horn <laughs> when Mr. Kraft sounded the car horn, now Mr. Kraft is a neighbor. So he's driving this farm, the wolf farm, and they have, there's eight people that live in the house. Mm -hmm. Okay. Seven family members, which we'll get to. And one chore boy, that's what they call him, chore boy, helper boy, you know, friend of the family that also helps out. Mr. Kraft and his wife, they drive in their car, their little Ford T Model T1s. And he sounds the car horn. Now, The windows are rolled down, if those cars even had windows at all. And he could hear, quote, a pitiful crying of a child that was audible from the house. Now, to continue with the newspaper article, upon blowing the horn again, the child wailed. Mr. Kraft and his wife then entered the house together, and already in the kitchen, they came upon a ghastly sight, although they saw no bodies, end quote. I'm going to show you the Hmm. pictures so we don't have pictures of the victims, but we have pictures of the crime scene. Cool. Hmm. So I'm going to show you those kind of old school pictures. You know, I'll put them on com. It was a Saturday when John Kraft and his wife drives down there. Okay, they're a couple miles away from the farm. And from what I've been reading in the story, they're, they're farmers. John Kraft is a farmer, so is the Wolf family. In fact, the Wolf family, as we'll talk about later, is very prosperous Mm -hmm. they're actually not rich but they're doing better than most other families in the area because as we'll talk about north dakota is like one of the worst places in the world to be a farmer literally i mean hot summers harsh winters you can't grow anything in these changing things and the soil just doesn't give so john craft is a saturday around noontime He notices some of the horses that Mr. Wolf and his family own, Mm -hmm. they're kind of like harnessed up, and they're just kind of hanging around the fence. It's kind of like they haven't eaten in two days, and they're kind of looking for food. So he notices that, and then he thinks, you know, I haven't seen any of the family members In a few days. And in fact, Jacob Wolf, the father, was supposed to come down to his neighbor, Mr. Craft, and borrow a a tool of some sort, and he never showed up. I mean, they had plants and meat and everything, never showed up. Anyway, they go that Saturday to the house. They can hear the baby crying, and here's how it goes. Mr. Craft walks into the house, sees this ghastly sight, as the newspaper said, blood everywhere. Usually, the house... With eight people running around, I mean, it was dead quiet. And there was no one there, and there was blood everywhere. So obviously something bad happened. And then he heard the baby yelling, wailing even more in the bedroom. He goes and grabs the baby out of the crib, and he's the baby is literally starved to death because— Did the baby survive? The baby survived, yeah. But it was on the verge of dying, but— the window of the baby's room was open and it was during the winter and it was either oh, going wow. to starve to death, which it was about to, oh, wow. since this happened on a Thursday hmm. and it's now Saturday. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. So it's either going to starve to death or freeze to death.
0: Wow. Or that's both. amazing. it.
2: Didn't... Yeah. So the baby survived. It was the only one Damn. of eight in this story to survive. He runs out with the baby in his hands immediately and... Gives it to his wife in the car. She's still in the car and she knows what to do. I can't tell you what to do because I'm not a mother, but she does that natural mother thing, whatever y'all do, you know, just nursing,
0: like, keeps it warm. Well, no, well,
2: you know how mothers take care of kids and stuff, children. If you saw a crying baby that hasn't eaten and you got it, like your natural motherly instinct will just kick in and like know what to do.
1: Hopefully. Or is that it. just
2: in the movies? <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, if you're expecting us to say that like the baby would start nursing right away, that's like physically not possible. No, I'm not to, saying
2: like, that. I'm saying if I saw a baby that was starving, I would go open up a can of beans and try to feed it some beans. Y'all would like Go to the store and get it, some formula. Cradle it and calm it down, all this stuff. That's what I'm trying to say. Y'all would, If you tried to give the baby beans, you would be in charge of diaper duty for the next few
1: days. <laughs> just so you know.
2: Eat this rice right now. <laughs> or whatever. Don Why is slick- rice the first no, thing you think? Oh. Hamburger
0: helper. I don't no, know. eat
2: this. Rav- oh, fuck it. All right. Now, this is from the Jamestown Weekly Alert. This paper right here, i am be reading a lot from this because this one paper actually mapped out the entire crime in a very well-written spread, which I'll put on talkmer.com. I think spread is like an editorial word. Anyway, so this is from a few days after the murder in 1920. Quote, attracted by the unnatural grunting of the hogs, Craft, Mr. Kraft, went to the cow oh, shed no. where he discovered several hogs eating <gasps> the, fle- the flesh of Mr. Wolf's face and arms.
0: Pigs do that, don't they? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's not just certain pigs. Is, this, is that all pigs? Yeah. Because I you think never of seen, um, Hannibal.
2: Hannibal, yeah. Yeah. Several pigs, driven on by the hunger of a two-day fast, because remember, this happened on Thursday, okay? It's Saturday. The pigs haven't eaten. The horses haven't eaten. You know, pigs got to eat, right? Isn't that the saying? Driven on by the hunger of a two-day fast, the pigs had eaten most of the flesh on Mr. Mm -hmm. Wolf's face and were currently devouring the right Uh. arm, which from the shoulder to the elbow had been practically consumed. So he goes in the house. He gets the baby. He takes the baby to his wife. She does that thing that mothers do. He goes back in there. But then he hears the pigs. The pigs are eating the father. He's like, shit. Okay. Shoes the pigs away. And then he goes back into the house to try to find everyone else. All right. He opens the cellar door, which is, you know, underneath the house. That's where he finds the mother, Mrs. Wolf, three of her daughters, and the young helper boy, which isn't part of the family, but a 13-year-old named Jacob Hoffer. H-O-F-E-R, which lie dead in the cellar, just like thrown down Hmm. there, like bags of potatoes. He's like, shit. He walks to the shed and finds the two oldest daughters that lay in the shed in the chicken coop. Okay. Okay. Covered with hay. So there's a hint. A wolf in the chicken coop. Uh. Ah. You know, the guy's name is Wolf, and he's in the chicken Mm. coop. Anyway, um, they're covered with hay. Now— Everyone is dead out of eight people except one, and that is the baby. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So Jacob Wolf, around 41 years old. Now, it's kind of interesting. Him and his wife had the same birth date, but they were born on different years. So he's 41. Hmm. The wife is 35. Kind of a little interesting tidbit there. Yeah. He shot in the back from long range. Now, that's very important with a shotgun from hmm. long uh, range. Keep that in mind. But he actually died from a second wound inflicted by that same shotgun, fired so close that it, quote, tore three ribs from the spine Whoa. and produced a horrible opening in the side several inches in diameter. Damn. So basically his entire side is blown shit. Wow. You do coming back from that. Miss Beetlewolf, Beetlewolf, B-E-A-T-A, Wolf, Beata, <laughs> B-E-A-T-A Beat a wolf. Um, 35, shot with a shotgun in the back at close range, large hole in her back. Wow. And the next to get the axe, literally, I'll put no. that in my notes, Bertha, 13 years old, Ooh. shot in the face at a mm-hmm. very close range. Entire face was blown in, not blown out, blown in. Okay, well, so you shoot, huh? How, oh, you shoot someone in the back of the head or whatever, and their face blows out out or whatever you know yeah most times you shoot someone their skin and flesh blows out so it'd be all over the wall his brain or whatever she was shot so close with a shotgun that her the insides of her brain and stuff never exited you know her back of her head they're blown in smashed in
0: oh i Mm -hmm. thought it meant that she was shot not from behind, but from right forward. She was. Oh, oh The okay. shotgun, a
2: shotgun, which is an extremely powerful weapon with a huge blast pointed right at your face on her nose. is probably touching her nose. It blows her face in, but for some reason, maybe her skull or whatever, didn't let all the matter come out. So it was like pushed her face in. It's fucking crazy. Now, after that, a second blow was done to her by a hatchet. For reasons I don't even know why, because she was definitely already dead. Unless he, or she, or whoever, may have used the hatchet prior. Jacob Hoffer, the helper boy, the chore boy, 13 years old, shot through the back of the neck, severing his jugular vein. Mm. And Maria, 10 years old, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the ages are kind of going down Mm a little bit. 10 years old shot in the back of the head behind her left ear, skin and hair both burned by the discharge of the shotgun. Edna, eight years old, shot in the back of the head, tearing a huge gash across her head. Lydia, six, shot in the back of the head, second blow with a hatchet, and then Martha, a three-year-old, hatchet to the face. Oh, my
1: God. Why leave the baby?
2: That's a good question.
1: Maybe the baby was asleep upstairs and the killer didn't know the baby was there.
2: Hmm. Maybe we should read the confession. Oh, the killer! I thought it was a mystery. Maybe it is. They found the hatchet covered with blood and hair that inside the kitchen, it was actually in a wooden box just laying there. This story is really weird because of these. You have two murder weapons, and this is weird. The hatchet is laying in the kitchen with the blood and skin and face on it. Ew. And then you have the shotgun, which was found a mile away in a pig trough. Okay, this is from the Jamestown Weekly, April 29th, 1920. The gun is only slightly rusted, which leads the authorities to believe that it has been in the water but a short time.
0: Mr. Wolf died from a huge gunshot wound to his, in his side. Death was instantaneous. No gun or shells were found in the cowshed, where the father and two small daughters were found. It was impossible for Mr. Wolf to kill himself with a shotgun fire and remove the gun before death.
2: Yeah. So just in case you guys are wondering, well, maybe he killed his family and then killed himself.
1: That's what I was <clears> thinking <throat> until you said the gun.
2: Even when the police first got there, they were like, this has to be a murder-suicide. Isn't that
1: from um, also like part of
0: the Kurt Cobain conspiracy? Yeah. Was it a what shotgun? No. What was the You mur- can
2: kill yourself with a shotgun.
0: Was that his... Gun weapon?
2: Yeah, shotgun in the bathtub. Well, I mean, he didn't shoot himself. Courtney Love did.
0: Well, I know. That's the conspiracy. Well, it's... But it's really (laughs) hard to shoot yourself with a shotgun, right?
2: It ain't impossible. I wouldn't recommend it, but it ain't impossible.
0: But based on the positioning of this, it's not possible.
2: Based on the position of the gun.
0: Right. The gun is found a
2: mile away. So basically, he right. would have to shoot himself and then go a mile away, put the gun in the trough, and, and it then come back and die. Got and it. And since he died instantaneous, there's no way. That's got just it. a okay. rule out that. So anyone that thinks that may happen, this rules it out permanently for you. Okay. So it has to be a killer. But we don't have to look very far because we got a confession. All right. Ooh. On May 13th, 1920, this confession that I'm putting everything on talkmer.com was signed by a neighbor. His name is Henry Lair. And in the very last line, he puts, quote, this is the whole truth. Signed, Henry Lair.
0: Turtle Lake Slayer's confession. I, Henry Lair, being the first duly... Warn. okay, I just made sure that that actually said first instead of just one, deposes and says that I make this statement out of my own free will without any promise whatsoever that on the Thursday, April 22nd, I left my own home at about 11 o'clock a.m. and walked about one mile south following the selection line and then walked from the north into the Wolf's family yard, arriving... (laughs)
2: Farmyard <laughs> and following the section line, you said selection. Uh, Maybe you should read, Jen. You you are more sober.
0: Okay, I Henry it Lair. Like it's my it's my mind. time to shine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Next line, dildos. <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that set me up.
1: <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Anyway, I <laughs> I Henry Lair, being first duly sworn, deposes. And says that I make this statement out of my own free will without any promise of whatsoever that on Thursday, April 22nd, I left my own home at about 11 o'clock a.m. and walked about one mile south following the section line and then walked from the north into Wolf's farmyard, arriving there at about 1130 a.m. Want to improve your self-confidence? We recommend Short North Dental for your whitening, tightening, and brightening needs. From cleanings to Botox, treat yourself to a great smile. Check out the newest gallery in the Arts District at shortnorthdental.com because dentistry has never looked this good.
0: Want to look 10 years younger? We recommend Short North Dental for your whitening and brightening needs because nothing is sexier than a man with a great smile. Check out the newest gallery in the arts district at shortnorthdental.com because
1: dentistry has never looked this good.
2: All right, there we go. Non-drunk gin.
1: That's a lot of words to say. That Like, he wrote all of that out?
2: Well, the confession is actually l- really long, which is why I'm breaking it down, but... Jacob Wolf's dog, which is kind of ironic. (laughs) Oh.
1: Huh? uh,
2: No, I guess not. Jacob Wolf's dog, apparently, from what Henry Lair, the neighbor farmer, said, had hurt his cow really bad, maimed it where it couldn't produce milk, maybe chewed off the, what do you call them, the teats? The udder? The udders. Maybe chewed off the udders or something. I don't know. But... Henry Lair is pissed as shit because his dog just goes over there and, you know, has his way with his cow. And nice. now that sounds pretty Mr. Bad. Wolf yeah. doesn't want to, you know, do anything about it. So everyone knew that they were in this feud. Oh, my gosh, guys. I totally forgot to tell you. So you know how my
1: school has a farm? Yeah. One of the cows escaped. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. It escaped and it was missing overnight. They found it. That's good. What's the cow's name? I don't know. Oh. Let's give it a name. I hope that, like, our new neighbors don't get mad at at us for Stella barking and then decide to come over here and murder us.
2: So he goes over there. This is how it goes down. He's layers like, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. Mr. Wolf and his dog, they come over here. They do things to my cow. So he goes over there and says, you need to come over here and see what damage you've done to this cowboy. Now, Mr. Wolf's like, You know what? You leave. Get out of here. I don't know why I'm narrating like that. So this is what happened next.
1: I then told him not to get mad and he, Wolf, got the gun, a double-barreled shotgun out of his front room. I then tried to take the gun away from him and in the fight between Wolf and myself for the gun, one shot went off and then another in quick succession. One of the shots killed Mrs. Wolf. I did not see her fall but saw her lay there. I then got the gun away from, it, from Wolf and then got more shells out of the bureau drawer in the front room where I saw Wolf take two shells at the time. He got the gun, and then I reloaded the gun and began shooting.
2: All right, so uh, to summarize the confession, Ooh. Henry Lair shot Jacob Wolf, ran out of the house. He shot Jacob again. Now, this is his confession. This is very important. Mm-hmm. He goes into the house Shoots Jacob Wolf. Okay. Goes back out of the house and shoots Jacob again as he's trying to, you know, flee. Then he goes to the cow shed where he spots two of the daughters and shot both of them in the head. Then he returns to the house and kills the rest of the family. And all this is in the confession letter. Yes. Then he drags the father's body out of the house and into the shed. Then he covers the two of the daughters, with hay. And, and then he goes back in the house and throws the remaining four bodies down into the cellar. And then, is very important, I forgot to mention, but he pulls out the telephone lines because when Mr. Kraft gets there, he noticed one important thing, that the telephone line was pulled out. Like you would cut the wire, you know, it was pulled out of the thing. In fact, the newspaper said, pulled out of the instrument or something like that. If you want to read this, Nequee's,
0: I'll try, but I'm far ahead of you guys with the drinks tonight, so we'll see how this goes. Lair confessed Wednesday night to killing seven members of the Wolf family and their chore boy. The confession was kept secret until he could be arraigned before the judge, pled guilty, receive his sentence, and be taken away in a fast automobile.
2: They kept it hush-hush. He goes up there on May 13th. He confesses. I did it. I killed them all. Here's a letter. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. He signs it. Then they keep it hush hush. He runs to the courtroom, pleads guilty, gets a life sentence, and then he gets taken away in a quote, fast automobile.
0: It's Hmm. also weird descriptions. Huh? It's all, that's just like weird descriptions.
2: Well, I mean, it's the 1920s.
1: Yeah, cars weren't really that fast back then. I mean, they're faster than horses, but Bonnie and Clyde. Oh yeah,
0: but how many horsepower? What's do you think our our tacos get when we reference old jokes with them from past episodes? Like the I don't get that thing? reference. The horsepower, one horsepower, two horsepower. We talked about this very recently.
2: That must have been your other podcast. I'm just kidding. We did talk about that.
1: We talked about horsepower. Oh, at the live show.
2: Yeah. All right, so now let's read some random affidavits. This is from the prison barber, the one that cuts the hair. Merle Cook, being first duly sworn, deposes and says that he was acting as the barber. I mean, acting, he is the barber. At the state penitentiary where the confessor... I,
1: I would hope that like someone that's a barber isn't acting as a barber. Like if I go to a hairdresser, I don't want someone that's acting as a hairdresser. Isn't that
0: the plot of like Sweeney Todd? No, he actually was a barber. Oh. Yeah. But he I never
1: saw it. Oh, it's good. You know, it's bar- a musical. You probably wouldn't I like don't it. Like musicals. Barbers use straight razors. But it's razors. dark, you might like it. I like musicals I go to a and shop. then I like Disney movies.
2: I need to confess something. I go to a barbershop. I don't go you to do. those Supercuts or Sports or, Clips or a
0: hair salon. You don't go to a hair salon. Yeah, I don't either. go to
2: that s- that that shit. Okay, I go to a barber where he cuts my hair, and you tip and him it about takes as about much as your Hours, and we talk about all kinds of shit. What do you talk about? Oh, it's it's awesome. You talk about anything, and it's like, does he give you lady advice? No, but of oh, the last no, one of the one I went to, doesn't. I gave him lady <laughs> advice because he was like. Wow, <laughs>
1: oh, you're the, probably the last person that anyone should take lady advice from. That's funny. What yeah. did you tell him, babe? Probably, you should tell her to go cook and please and stay in the kitchen. <laughs> I didn't say
2: that. Well, what did you tell him? I said, you know, just. Take her out, go back to the house, have a couple glasses of wine, you know, do your thing, and then call her an Uber. Oh, oh shit. Oh, I'll call you an Uber, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm cutting that.
1: I have to defend John here. Conversations between hairstylists and clients are are sacred. Yeah, that's HIPAA. Confident. Fuck that. That's not, that's not HIPAA, <laughs> but... It's like a rite of passage.
2: Like, all right, hairstylists
1: are confidants.
2: Now, um, I'm sure barbers are the same. The day after he was brought to the institution, now why? Why are they getting an affidavit from the barber? You guys want to take a gander?
1: What is it? Because he um, was it because Lair was a frequent flyer at the barber shop, and he gave the barber some.
2: He Other was a frequent flyer at the penitentiary barbershop. Yeah. Oh, he liked to keep his he had to keep his lineup straight. <laughs> okay. That this is a reading from the affidavit. Quote that when this affiant went to work on him, he noticed that the said Henry Lair was badly beat up, and that both sides of his face and the top of his head were swollen, and it looked like. As if someone had beat him, the skin was not broken, but was bruised and swollen. As he got into the barber chair, this affiant noticed he had been beaten and asked him what had done it. Lair, Henry Lair, the one, the confessor, replied that he had been hit over the head by the man who had charge of him before he was brought to the penitentiary. And he broke down and commenced crying, saying that he was innocent and, quote, oh, my children, oh, my children. (gasps) This is an affidavit from the prison doctor, November 9th, 1920. This is about two weeks after the prison doctor affidavit. Dr. C.E. Stackhouse, under oath, deposes and swears that he examined one Henry Lair. In the North Dakota State Penitentiary on May 15th, 1920, and he found there were two areas of ecchymosis, which I looked that up. It hmm. means basically swollen, bruised, and swollen of the face. Now, why, Still? Am I, why am I telling you guys this?
1: I don't know. Because he was forced into confessing when someone else did it.
2: Here is. How about this one? Here's Lydia Lairs, his wife, the confessor's wife, December 20th, 1920. I'm just going to read this thing. That she was at home the whole of the day of April 27th when the murders occurred, 1920, and was engaged in the general work, which was hers to do around the house, you know. That's what it says. Quote, that she... That she knows of the whereabouts of her husband on that day and what he was doing. That on said day, the said Henry Lair was engaged in his farm work in the fields upon said farm and about the buildings. And that he did not leave nor was away from said farm during any part of the day. This is the most times I've heard said. Said. What am I trying to say here? You guys He's love... He's innocent. You guys love making a murderer. Yeah. Right? Free Brandon Dassey. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. But what I'm trying to say, the more I research this story, as we'll get into in a little bit, the more I research this story, the more I see that this guy couldn't have done it. And he was forced to confess. In fact, we're going to read a few of his, afterda- of his affidavits before and <laughs> after the confession. After David. And... <laughs> Okay, now false confessions—they do happen. This do happen. Why would you confess to a crime that you didn't uh, commit? You must be guilty. No. If you confess something, you're guilty, right? No, no.
0: It's—I mean, it seems that way, but there are sometimes when no.
2: Yeah. So, if you watch Making a Murder, Brandon Dassey was in that situation. If you watch the interrogation video, it's very heartbreaking to see him being coached into saying certain things and in fact this story this was in the 1920s so if we even today anything goes if we even today have trouble believing false confession exists this guy has absolutely absolutely no hope you know what i'm saying because even today we don't understand why people falsely confess and we most time don't even believe it here prime example this is the same murder we are doing right here this is from the bismarck tribune sunday december 9th 1990 okay this is a reflection mass murder eight died baby lived if you read this it says how Killer, it says, killer, Henry Lair was captured, sentenced to life. Lair, Lair did it. He was the killer. This is a paper from the area. They, That's how we don't, even today, we don't buy this false confession thing, even though it's a real thing. It's a phenomena, but it's a real thing. It happens, mm. <laughs> you know. There's a whole Netflix series on false confessions. Anyway, fuck. Phenomena. <laughs> do,
1: do, do,
2: do. Is that so, where you went to?
0: I like that, though. It wasn't. Oh,
2: I, I wish I did. The reason I read those affidavits from the barber and stuff is because if you look at the confession and the affidavits we're about to look at now, Henry Layer did confess. But after mm. they beat the living shit out of him. Mm. Okay? Let me show you one thing right quick. I also
1: thought it was... Interesting how he stressed in his confession and wrote down, this is the whole truth.
0: Or do they make you say that? Like, this is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth?
1: In the court of law, but I don't think they do in in the confession. I don't know. But that's what I thought of when I
0: read that.
2: Quote, the sheriff, this is from his affidavit saying, I falsely confessed. The sheriff told me to run in going between the jail and the courthouse in order that no one would see me for there was a mob in town who would get me if they could. He also stated that he never owned a double-barrel shotgun in his life. Okay, I'm just going to paint the picture that he's innocent. And this isn't really a Team John thing. Pretty much everyone knows that this guy's innocent. This is from the Bismarck Tribune. Friday, May fourteenth, nineteen twenty. Are you guys too drunk to read it, or should I just read it?
1: I'm not drunk.
2: All right, here no. you go.
0: I'm drunk, but I'll try. But go ahead, Jan.
2: Well, y'all just take turns with sentences. Nah, or something.
1: it's fine. I'm just gonna keep drinking. Forcing Lair to hold the pictures of the murder scenes taken the day of the taken the day the bodies were discovered with the picture of eight months old Emma Wolf, the sole survivor of the horrible affair between the pictures of the kitchen basement and the cow shed lair after nearly
2: 30
1: 30 (laughs) minutes of gazing at the revolting scenes finally broke down and confessed he was the guilty party. Even though the ink makes it look like it says the Guilty Nardy. <laughs> the
2: Guilty Nardy. They made this asshole look at the dead bodies. The pictures I would really desperately tried to find, but they never been published. He, they made him hold them for literally an hour, two hours, staring at them. He tries to look up. Can I have a glass of water? Put your head back down. Look at that dead body. That's like fucking torture, man.
1: May I just also comment? That was one sentence I just read. That was the worst structured sentence I think I've no, ever it's read. No, I'm telling you,
2: it's a time period. I, I know, I, but it's. I read a lot of these old newspapers they are like that.
1: I know, but it's so hard to read now. Memory dimmed. His memory dimmed by the awful tragedy. Martinson and McDowell forced the confession from Lair piece by piece. Many of the minor details of those terrible minutes when the partially crazed man killed seven members of the Wolf family and the chore boy were an absolute blank on Lair's memory. He failed to remember if he had used a hatchet in killing any of his victims, although the blood-stained weapon was found in the kitchen and one of the smaller children was killed by the hatchet blow, while another is thought to have either been struck by the hatchet or her face gashed when her body was tumbled down the basement. It
2: seems a lot like Brendan Dassey. Hey, Tony said that, you know, Tony or Talker's Prima said Mm -hmm. everyone around the area believes that they actually did it. So I can see – but my biasism, I guess, is, you know, strongly filtered through my making a murderer. So I don't know. But what was I saying with that? Like you you don't – like it's –
1: you were talking about how – Oh,
2: yeah. So – this guy didn't even knew didn't even know that he used the hatchet at all to kill, you know. So they were coaching him. They were saying, "All right,
0: well, it's kind of like coaching that. him,
2: but it's like." And then this happened, right? And then you shot here. All right, so well, I'm not going to go. It's th- like
0: that uh, Central Park document uh, miniseries yeah, on um, the Central
2: Park Five. I'm not going to yeah. go through this whole thing of how it plays out, but the lawyer reconstructed the crime scene. And they found out that everything that Henry Lair said was impossible to happen. He said he shot uh, Mr. Wolf in the house. In fact, Mr. Wolf was shot out in the field, and he was running into the house. He said he shot the girls in the kitchen, you know, and the mother in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and the helper boy. Eh. And then he threw them in the cellar. Well, look at the blood. There's only one pull of blood. And remember where it came from? It came from the helper boy. Remember his jugular vein was blown open? The pull of blood came from him. The girls and the mother were killed in the cellar. But he said that he killed him in the house and then kicked him in the cellar. But that doesn't make any sense.
0: All right. So if he didn't do it, who
2: did? (laughs) We don't know who did. But the, you don't th- but well, I, Jim I said have that may be a guy in prison. I kind of have a theory, but he was sentenced to life in prison, and it was a cover-up. That sucks. I don't know if I'll have time to get to this, but the That's governor right. was up for re-election, okay, and the sheriff was acting off a reward money.
0: What do you- what do you mean he was acting out for reward money?
2: There was a $10,000 reward for the person that brought this guy, oh. these guys or these killers oh. to justice. Wait, so the sheriff
0: got it? Ah, I... Yes, he did. Wait, no, 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 A was, sheriff there was should a, not get the
2: reward uh, money to let, the police let me department. Let me clarify this because I don't know if I had time to get into this, but the sheriff and the governor put out their own $1,000 reward. But then the townsfolk got together and increased that sum because legally he couldn't pull it from the um, from the town's money. But the townsfolk got together, pulled their money, $10,000 reward, which he could pull it from. So now he has himself. an incentive to catch this guy. Does that make sense?
0: It's like, um, okay, so as some of you tacos know, I work in human resources, right? So there is right. a referral, like, bonus. If I was to refer somebody to the company, right, there is a referral bonus. Right. That kind of works for everybody else, but it doesn't really work if you're the manager of the position or if you are, like, the recruiter. I'm not a recruiter, but you that's your job to go catch that person or to go hire that person, you don't get a bonus for it. Everybody else does, but not you, because that's your job. So, do a you sheriff. Do any of the hiring? No. Oh. I mean, I might interview people, but I'm not like, a, I'm, I don't recruit
2: people. From the Jamestown Weekly Alert, April 29th, 1920, quote, it is generally believed that the killing was done by two persons, at least one of whom was in the kitchen and the other in the yard with a shotgun. Now, many papers I have read had said the same thing. There is more than one person because do you know how hard it would be to kill eight people? I know they're children, but eight people in broad daylight at noontime. But
0: it's in North Dakota and the per capita of human beings is quite spread out.
2: Okay, I'm just saying. Now, I let, let me
0: like. There's not another house for how how far
2: apart. Okay, good point. Let me draw one more fact up. Okay, and that's it. And then we'll we'll leave the innocent. I titled this slide "Shotgun Shells in the Chicken's Nest." Days after the murder, Ooh. Henry Lair. All right, he didn't get caught, or he didn't confess for another week or so. Okay, so what happens right after? Everyone in town knows that the entire Wolf family gets murdered. I don't know what. Everyone in town, because this is the proper way to do things, they go over to the house. Now you've got 100 people tra- trampling through all the evidence, moving shit. It makes sense if you're a farmer, because someone's got to feed the cows. Someone's got to milk the pigs. Someone's got to— I think you got that backwards. Or, someone— Someone's gotta feed <laughs> <laughs> Shit. someone's gotta feed the pigs. Someone's gotta milk the cows. <laughs> milk the cows. Someone's gotta get the chicken eggs. Someone's gotta someone's gotta do this stuff that needs to be do. done. Okay? Someone's gotta do it. And in that time period, the townsfolk actually pulled together. So mm-hmm. when I tell you that Henry Lair, the convicted person, was going around, don't think it's weird because everyone was. Anyway. Days after the murder, Henry Lair and Jacob Bosert, they go together chicken eggs. They found three shells in a nest on the ledge. Now, very important. keep this in mind. The she- There's empty shells on the ledge through the barn shed. Officials indicated that the em- empty shells did fit the shotgun found in the sloth, okay? It was in the chicken nest? Exactly. It wasn't so only in the chicken. Nest. It was on the top ledge. Like you had to like go climb up there? the stairs and, and very top and then they were neatly lined up and placed. Like they were sitting on uh, you know, their their butts or whatever, one next to each other. Okay. Very important. Very important. There was some speculation that two people were involved in the murders, not one. And that one of them Put the empty shells in the nest while they waited in the hayloft to signal the other person when 12-year-old Bertha returned from the field. Hmm. Now, why is this important?
1: I don't know. Because he was shot at long range.
2: This is the confession of the killer, supposedly. All this confession right here. Okay? You scroll down. Before leaving the house, I picked up the empty shells, carrying them with me also. I then broke the gun, carrying the same, walked through the wolf's yard toward the sloth, which I knew was there. If you just read all of this, he doesn't mention the shells. But, I mean, all this stuff, how he plays it out. But at the very end, this one line, it's like, oh, let me also mention... I will also add that after I finished shooting in the cow shed, I threw about three or four empty shells from the cow shed into the hayloft through an open door.
0: Uh, You see how
2: it's like, it's almost like it's added to the end. Oh,
0: I forgot because the police told me I forgot how to make this part work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So not only is it added to the end, but when the shells were found... I mean, to throw the shell and have them land perfectly lined up, like you would line something up to signal somebody, you know, they were like on the ledge straight up and down. So he says he threw about three or four empty shells from the cow shed into the hayloft through an open door, and all the shells just perfectly lined up. Beep, 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 beep. beep. Does that make sense? No. I mean, it doesn't make sense that I'm saying it? It's, it's all
0: no, it makes it's sense planted, what you're saying, but it it's doesn't a make sense. Confession.
1: Um, also I wanna highlight the part where it says the reason I did not kill the baby was I believe because I did not go into the mm, room. Good catch. It's not saying like he knows. Yeah. I believe he's like I think. I think I, think it, I, think I, think I didn't kill the baby why. because I
2: didn't go into the room. I wanna talk to you about one of my favorite things ever now that I learned that whoever named this was a genius. It's called the Sauerkraut Triangle. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> like the Bermuda Triangle? Yes. But is
1: that for
2: why North <laughs> Is that America. why you said
1: it was important they were speaking
2: German? Yes. So the Wolf family is German. Huh, and yes. it's very interesting. Not only German, but Germans from Russia. Huh. And I looked
1: this up. Ger- it's, wait, Germans from Russia? They're yes. originally from Germany, then they went to Russia, Russia, and then they came to the United States, right? Yep.
0: Before it was Germany, it was Prussia, and Prussia was, like, Germany, Hungary, Poland. Like, it was an empire, the Prussian Empire. Danbo was
1: Constantinople.
2: They're called German Russians. Basically, German natives Mm
1: -hmm. that
2: leave Germany, they go to Russia. Interesting. Okay. Now, why are they over here? Because they mm -hmm. immigrated from Russia over here to America. In this sauerkraut triangle, which is Sour North Kraut Dakota triangle. and South Dakota, and what is that, Wisconsin or whatever that state is next to Wyoming. it? Wyoming. Wyoming.
0: You know, Germany Montana. is a lot of fun. And did you know that Oktoberfest in Germany is actually in September? Yes, I, I
2: did. Queen Catherine II was German born in Pomerania, which is now Poland. <laughs>
0: Pomerania. Right.
2: Now, <laughs> this was in 1763, July 27. This is very important. July 22nd, 1763, she proclaims open immigration for foreigners wishing to leave the Russia Empire. Okay, and which marks the beginning of a much larger presence for ger- presence of Germans in that empire. So all the mm-hmm. Germans come over to Russia. So remember in the Bender episode I talked about Union. the Homestead yeah. Act of 1860 something. Mm-hmm. So basically America since we're all entrepreneurs and shit America is like all this land is free. Manifest if destiny. To, if you want to work the land and become a farmer we'll give you this land and you can farm because it produces you know exports for us and, and sustenance for our nation. So now you have all this open farmland in North fucking Dakota, which no one wants to work in because it's treacherous, it's harsh, and is a very difficult land to farm. But you know who could farm it? The Germans. People who lived in Russia oh, because man. that shit's even worse. So they come over here and no American wants to farm this shit. So it's all open game for these German-Russians. That's why you have German-Russian immigration over here in the sauerkraut triangle. Now, why am I saying that? I'm laughing every time. Sorry. This is kind of my theory. Maybe, maybe not. But somebody killed the Wolf family, okay, and looking at all these historic newspapers like I love to do, there was actually a lot of conflict, if you will, between americans and german i mean they're basically germans german russians why well i don't know it's fucking 1920 and guess what just ended world war one there you go okay yeah but you're basically a german living in america and nobody really wanted that and if you go back and look at these old newspapers you can see it You can see that nobody wanted them over here, but they were farming that land in the sauerkraut triangle that no one else is going to farm because it's too fucking hard to farm. One University of North Dakota professor of history states that German Russians frequently were referred to as, quote, damned Russians and were considered dumb and dirty there were stories about them keeping pigs in their houses. The guy didn't do it, obviously. The fact is, he was put in prison, life sentence. He actually died five years later of some medical... Wow. Yeah, I know. It wasn't related to anything, but it was like a medical mishap. One affidavit, April 30th, 1920. This is by the confessed guy. At Thursday, the, the death day... I started my plough at eight AM and ploughed until twelve AM that day. Unhitched plough at noon for lunch, hitched up plough between three and seven PM. There's a lot about ploughing. He ploughs a lot. <laughs> that on the day that on that day I noticed Jacob Wolf working in the forenoon with two rigs. Both rigs were ploughing a part of the time inside of the fence and a part of the time on the homestead north of the fence. Around noon, when Joseph Mayer, going home from his field... Oh, fuck. Friday, I plowed again. He's plowing, damn, all the time. He ain't got time to kill eight people. He's plowing. He plows Saturday from 9 till noon. And that's when he figured out... That's when a neighbor came and told him... That, that is
0: stamina. Uh,
2: yeah, so that's when... Uh, he plows on Saturday from 9 to noon, and that's when one neighbor comes and tells tells him that the Wolf family is killed. Quote... He also brought, B-R-O-T, my plow lays and a box of crackers fr- from town for me. As soon as I heard the murder, I unharnessed my horses and turned them into the pasture and got into my car and went to the wolf's place. So he writes several affidavits about how he didn't do it. And in fact, he writes one about how the cops beat the living tits yeah. out of him. I think I'm fucking done with this, man. I'm what ready? do you mean you're done? I mean, what do you guys got? Any questions? Who did it? I don't know who did well, it's it. What's the haunted thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to know the paranormal. The haunted thing—you—you go—you go to that thing and you just haunted as shit. The Ghost Hunters did a tour oh. there. It Are not
0: Ghost Hunters based out of South Carolina? No, the Ghost Hunters are based out of Rhode Island. Oh, okay. I knew we had some
2: sort of Yeah, connection. so basically, I mean, haunted uh yeah, you go and visit the places haunted. I mean, I don't know what you should Which, say.
0: Which speaking of, we're doing our haunted jail tour. And it's coming up in just a couple weeks. Super excited. I'm not sure if there are any spots left. But if you are here in Charleston or if you are going to travel to Charleston, get your tickets for October eighteenth at eight PM.
2: Let me just say, it's already late and we've been drinking. Here's basically what happened. The you entire guys been Wolf drinking. family is drinking. I've murdered. been drinking. They, they get axed and they get shot in the head with shotguns. Then this one guy confesses because the elections are coming up, right? And someone's got to get reelected. The governor's got to get one reelected. Who and the how the fuck is the governor going to get reelected when there have been eight people murdered in the town, including like five children? How the fuck's that going to happen? So, what does he do? He puts up a reward, but that doesn't come to anything to fruition. So, he rides the sheriff and says, Hey, I'll give you a bunch of reward money if you find who did this. Now, They go and get the closest neighbor that has a feud with them, beat the shit out of him, he confesses, he goes to jail, he dies five years later, the place is still haunted. No one knows who did it. I can't tell you who did it, but I do want to say one thing. If you really enjoyed this episode, you can hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you really like this episode, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our wolf, go to talkmore.com slash join. Become a Talko supremo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it, dedicate it to you on the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. Get out of here! You stupid average. I'm not. You think I'm going to bite? I'm doing a podcast. You shithole. This is the confession of the killer, supposedly. Huh? Sumo, right? Do you know there's a thing? Um, sumo porn is a thing. What? Sumo porn. You know, I'm I don't want to know. Worried how about know how that. you came across this? Yeah. Because man, I've been like. I've been trying to find some crazy-ass murder stories for you guys, and I've been, like, going on and, the dark web and sure. shit. And
0: sumo porn <laughs> is one of the first things that one finds on the
1: dark web.
2: No, but y'all y'all getting too big for your bridge.
1: Remember that time when we had an agave plant <laughs> in the front yard, and we I said we should start our own Tequila Company, and then you got rid of the agave plant, so now we can't do well, it? Well, she killed it. I got rid of the agave plant because it fell because over she murdered and murdered dead.
2: It. She murdered the plant.
1: How did you manage to kill that thing?
2: It's been there for 70 years. And she murdered it with all of her chemicals and GMO and all kinds of shit.
1: That's totally false. In other news, (laughs) the plant on my desk is still thriving. At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account. Then pushes it to savings. Automatically, Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash MoneyScout. Maddie's believes nature is beautiful, majestic, serene. But human nature is inventive, intrepid, reckless. Nature says, look how many colors I can fit in a sunset. Human nature says, look how many hot wings I can fit in my mouth. But human nature needs nature. That's why there's Maddie's All Natural Acid and Indigestion Relief, a drug-free remedy for human nature, available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and Amazon. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.